Welcome to the Doc G Show, a radio show cluster. F- Without further ado, critics have said he has the face for radio and a voice for silent films. Your host, Ben Doc G Gordon. And we are on the air. Welcome. To the Doc G Show, I'm your host, Doc G. With me, as always, the one, the only, Mikey Maximus the Furnicus. Say what? Charette. Doc G, what's up, sir? Whoo, man. You know, trying to soak up as much summer as possible, Mike. Yeah. You know, and it's going fast. It's going fast yeah, it like my limonada right here. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's scary. But... But we got a couple more weeks, and I have been doing something very summer-esque recently. Word. Mm. I've been watching a little Little League World Series, Mike. Oh, yeah. Okay. Have you seen any of that? No, I haven't seen any highlights or anything. You're miss- Doc G, what's, you're, what's going on with that? You're missing out, Mike. You are missing out. Now, I haven't I haven't talked about it on the show in a little bit. I did talk about it like two years ago, I recall. I brought it up mm-hmm. just a little bit. But every now and then, I'll get into it. And mainly, I'll get into it because there are no other sports options at this time of year. So, <laughs> yeah, ESPN's like, it's this or nothing. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, well, I guess it's this then. Here we go. <laughs> so, uh, for the listeners that don't know, that are not... Little League World Series watchers. These are 10 to 12-year-olds, Mike. 10 to, mm. 10 to 12-year-olds playing uh, in these baseball games, and they basically got a, a miniature field. It's not a full-size field. It's about 100 feet shorter than a full-size field. And I'm going to be honest, Mike. Watching some of these games can be a little depressing. Ooh, why is that? Because the kids are more accomplished in their lives than I am. And oh. they're a third of my yeah. age. You know? Mm-hmm. It's a little depressing. It's Yeah, I can see that. Like the kid comes up to the plate. They're like, Colton Jackson from Seattle, Washington. 4.0 student. Debate team champion. Captain of the football team. Dating Jennifer Lawrence. Wait, what? <laughs> really? <laughs> How did this guy, Colton... Awesome, man. And they got like, you know, their cool hair underneath their their hats yep. and they just they're signing autographs and I'm like, he's he's ten. He has an autograph? Ten, mm-hmm. I could barely sign my name. Would have just been <laughs> would have just had an X and they would have been like, all right, that works, I guess. Like it's crazy, man. That's it's a little bit depressing. But aside from that, it's yeah. It is it is fun. And I gotta be honest. A lot of these kids, Mike, also a lot bigger men than I am. Mm. Like, not not mm. like actually physically. They're just tougher than I am. Yes! Like, have, they get hit with the ball all the time. Yeah, because they're like so bad at it, right? Like, they get <laughs> up there and I mean like, you know, the ball will be coming right at them. And instead of ducking, they'll just get hit like a champ. And go and yeah, they just take it. Like when I was a when I was playing baseball, Mike, I played uh, baseball until I was like I think I was like 13, 12, something like mm. that. And that was my biggest fear, by far, was getting hit by the ball. Like I did not 
want to get hit by the ball because it hurt like man it was yeah that's a hard ball not pleasant like i mean you know you got some goofy 12 year old throwing the ball at you they don't know what they're doing like you said basically like you're you're a dartboard with a couple of drunks throwing at you at 2 a.m you're just like oh mm. jesus yeah <laughs> like you just have no idea where they're going but these guys get up there the pitcher throws it right at them, smashes it right into their hand, and they're just like, yeah, throw the ball, uh, throw the bat off and go run into first. And you're like, woohoo. Really? Really? That's impressive. Like, if that were me, Mike, it would be the most cursing ever in a Little League game. <laughs> be over there like, mother <laughs> right in the hand? Holy <laughs> guys. It's already twice the size. It's swollen up like a balloon jesus i don't think we're gonna make it like and just the pitcher tried to kill me everybody can we throw him out of the game like mm. would not it would not no i would not play yeah. it cool not at all mike doc g i vaguely remember when i was in little league uh a teammate of mine his dad would throw baseballs at him purposefully not hard but he would throw baseballs at him to desensitize mm -hmm. him from getting hit with a baseball you've heard about this our coach did it our, our coach did it all <laughs> yeah. the time. All right, line up. <laughs> yeah, and you just get them. You get it just beamed at you, and you're like, no, ah, what? Ah, ah. Just I hated it. Mm -mm. I don't want to do that. <laughs> and and that's basically what happened, Mike. I looked over at the track and field folks, and I was like, hey, nobody's getting balls thrown at them over there. Nope, I like that. They're just running. And, but then, then I realized that that was a bit of a death march too. But what can you do? You know, mm. <laughs> you know. Also, interesting news out of the Little League World Series, Mike. One of the Cuban coaches, Jose Perez, just pulled an, an Irish exit and left his entire team. Wait, what? Oh, I thought he was missing. No, well, <laughs> like he's just missing. They, they, they mentioned that he's missing, but then when they dug a little deeper, there's a video of him getting into someone's car at 11 p.m. on Route 15 and just zipping off. Like it was oh, he's just out. Yeah, it was a planned exit, man. Just too much pressure. Uh, well, I mean, I think, it, you know, that's, that's what I was going to say is like, it's not a good look for your country when dudes are using the Little League World Series as a way to defect from your country. Like, all right, when things cool down, I'm just out of here. Yes! Good luck, kids. You're on your own. Like, <laughs> just... Some people have said they reported seeing him in Spain, Mike. Mm. In Spain. If that's true, that dude really made some moves in the last couple of days. Like, <laughs> that's impressive. But regardless, uh, I don't fault him because I do the exact same thing. I would definitely do the same thing. Yes! If I were living in Cuba and I got the chance to come over here, I'd be like, all right, here's the game plan. I'm never going back there. That's the game plan. <laughs> the game plan? There's no game yeah, plan. Yeah, there's no game plan, but the end result is not going back there. I can tell you that much. Like, just, whew, yikes. But, Mike, the, the main question I know most of the listeners have is, all right, Ben, you've told me about this little League World Series. I'm invested, but I need to know who's the champion, who's coming mm -hmm. out of this. And I'll, I'll give you my champion. Listeners, if you want to bet on the Little League World Series, which you can, which is f ridiculous.
But you, <laughs> you can do it if you want. Hey, I'm here to bet on 10-year-olds. Yeah, yeah. That's what I've done with my life. So here's $100 on the 10-year-olds from California. Sweet. Regardless, Mike, don't bet on California. That's what I'm telling you. Nope. I'm telling you to bet on Chinese Taipei. Also known as Taiwan, a.k.a. Taiwan. Okay. Uh, bet on Taiwan, Mike. And I'll tell you one of the main reasons you need to bet on Taiwan. There's a kid on Taiwan's team that throws 82-mile-per-hour pitches. Wow. Yeah. 82. And he looks like a 48-year-old man. I'm not joking. <laughs> He's smoking cigarettes. You look at this dude, <laughs> and it's straight out of a movie. He looks like a 48-year-old. And you're just like, wow, 82. 82 miles. If I was on any of those other teams and I saw that guy warming up, I would fake an injury so fast and tell my coach I couldn't play to be like, yeah, coach. The risk. Yeah, no way. The risk. It's I'm Elon <laughs> Musk over here. I got to have surgery a couple of weeks. I should be better. Then I'll play. But right now, no, can't do it. Like, are you kidding me? 82 miles per hour? As soon as yeah, I... fast. As soon as I hear that hit the catcher's mitt, I'm like, done. Done. You win. <laughs> Take the championship trophy. Like, that is crazy. That is crazy, man. Yeah, that's like the fast. Uh, that's the fastest one at the uh, you know the the hitting range, right? At the uh, yeah, the, know, the batting, batting cages, cages. That's pretty much as fast yeah. as most batting cages will go. Is eighty usually? You like see eighty, 80 yeah, or seventy-five usually around there, man. Uh, yeah, you see people in the eighty cage too. You're like, oh man, they must be pros. Fun, <laughs> fun, fun story, Mike. When I was a kid and I was still in baseball, like I don't know, like. 11 something like that my uh, my grandma took me and my brother to the batting cages now my brother mm -hmm. hadn't played baseball in i don't know how long like seven eight years something like that he's four years older than me but i was you know i was getting my game on had to get my game face on for mm -hmm. uh, for real games you know and so i'm in like the 50 mile per hour uh cage hitting the balls and my brother's like let me Take a little swing at this, right? And he gets in there, does a round, strikes out every single ball. Ooh. And the best part was my grandma found it to be the most hilarious thing she'd ever seen. And she could not stop laughing at my <laughs> brother missing. And she's just like, oh, my God, he's so bad. He is so bad, he can't hit any. It was a very, very depressing event for my brother <laughs> he's still recovering he's still scarred from the event but it was one of my favorite baseball moments of all time regardless mm. mike i want to wrap this little league world series up with a bow here this is what i'm thinking we set a deal up for next year hmm. we become the official radio show slash podcast of the little league world series I'm down with that. Yes. Now let, right, cool. let me give the little let me give a little sales pitch here. Are we kid appropriate? No, not usually. No. Are we focused on baseball? Definitely not. But we have one common denominator that's stronger than anything else. Their games are all about wasting time, Mike. 
Mm -hmm. And you know who else is pretty good at that? We are. We are this show. We are. Let's waste it show. together, Little League World Series. Let's waste it together. Mike, <laughs> while we're setting up the paperwork on this par uh, partnership, are you ready to fire the sacrifice of a butt up that is our show? Let's fire up the show, Doc G. Five. All three engines up and burning. Two, one, zero, and liftoff. Woo! Sacrifice bunt. It's one of my favorite baseball terms. Just weird. Sacrifice bunt. Sacrifice mm. bunt. No, no. Anyway. Sacrificial bunt. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird. I, Why do you bunt? Uh, what's the sacrifice well, bunt again? Sac you, they... you, you bunt to get somebody further on the bases, right? So you you know mm -hmm. you're going to get out at first because you're not going to be able to outrun their their throw to first, but somebody on second or third or wherever is going to gonna oh, get there. Okay. Yeah. Got yeah, that's the whole idea of bunt. Side note, Mike, I hated bunting too when I played baseball because I'd always yeah. accidentally put my finger in front and then, oh, yeah, bad. Oh, so true. Bad, man. Anyways, Mike, enough baseball. I'm done with it. Word. I'm very excited about this show we've got. We have got half the fantastic Yonder Mountain String Band on the show. Adam and Ben, we're going to talk fishing. We're going to talk music. We're going to talk mustaches, but first, we need to start where we start, Mike. Birthday suit. Happy birthday, Mr. President. Mike, I think once again, you can get a, uh, you can get a three for three-er this week. Wow. Let's go. I think, I think it's possible. Um, I, d I don't have your record in front of me right now, but I will pull it up, and I promise, I know I usually don't, listeners, I will pull it up before the end of the show, so just, just to, oh, well, you know what? I got it in front of me now. 54 and three-fourths out of 96. That's where you're at right now. 54 and three-fourths out of 96. Uh, Mike, cool. going to try to give you some one-liners. Here's every single one this week. Basketball. Cool, 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 cool. All basketball. And this first one, most famous out of all the ballers. Here we go. One-liner. Number eight slash 24 for the Los Angeles Lakers. Kobe. Kobe is correct. Yes. Nicely done, Mike. Born August 23rd, 1978 in Philadelphia. Kobe Bean Bryant. Uh, just to give you the highlights, folks. Five-time NBA champion, one-time MVP winner, 18-time All-Star, 15-time All-NBA, 12-All-Defensive player, two-time scoring title winner, two-time Olympic gold medal winner, and a member of the 75th anniversary team. There you go. Kobe Bryant, one of the greatest of all time. Legends. As listeners know, what did I have him at? I can't remember. I think I had him at... I want to say... Eight, eight on my list, seven, somewhere like that in the in the top ten. I had him somewhere in there in the top ten, but uh, definitely one of the best of all time, Mike. One of the best. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Sadly passed away, 2020. I remember, yeah. Mike. I was right here. I remember. I was right in this seat, and I was working on the show, and all of a sudden. I got a I got an update on my phone, you know, from like the Washington Post, and it was one of those. It's just like, mm. 
Kobe Bryant died. That's got to be some kind of hoax, right? And then I saw like four more after that. It's crazy. Helicopter yeah. crash. Helicopter. Yeah. Just bananas. I, I, I know it's, it's crazy, but I would still go the Kobe route as far as a helicopter over a plane, as far as like personal transportation. Yeah. Like if I had, yeah. Just because it's like, it's so, it's so cool, I feel like. It just over mm. over a plane. Like, you know, it's just, and it gives you like more landing opportunity. Like, you know, you, yeah. you got to have an airport for a plane. For a helicopter, you got to have a helicopter pad. You can land in the middle mm. of the street with one of those things. Right? That's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. That was the problem, though, too. Yeah, well. Super convenient. Yeah, yeah. He used it all the time. Used it used yeah. it all the time. Got a little risky, but. R.I.P. Kobe. One of the best. R.I.P. Uh, would have been, would have turned, uh, would have been his 45th. Would have been 45, yeah. man. Uh, happy birthday to Kobe, Mike. Uh, are you ready to rip some headlines? Let's rip some headlines, Doc G. What do we got? It's now time for Rip from the Headlines. Woohoo, Mike, we got some doozies. <laughs> we got some doozies. Uh-oh. This is a big one from uh, pop culture here. This has been all the rage since, like, I want to say Friday. Uh, mm. You're aware of the issues that uh, the conservative right has uh, with Bud Light, correct? Hmm. Yeah, Bud Light, man. The they're uh, giving all this promotion to these people uh, transgenders <laughs> right the transgenders for for listeners that don't know some folks out there have decided that they were going to boycott bud light when they did an ad campaign with transgender influencer dylan mulvaney uh now uh mike if you didn't know kid rock was a part of this boycott that's a fact he yeah he shot a bud light with his gun he he took an assault rifle and destroyed a pack of bud light so true which uh sad no- uh, side note i gotta say i'm sure bud light was like okay shoot them as long as you're buying them we don't get <laughs> go ahead shoot can you buy 400 cases and shoot them thank you we don't care Blow if, them up we don't care <laughs> if it goes in your stomach or in the ground as long as you're paying for them whatever you want to do with them but nonetheless mike kid rock was adamant I am boycotting Bud Light. Just this week, Mike, he was caught drinking Bud Light at a concert. Canceled. (laughs) Drinking Bud Light at a concert, Mike. I think this reveals Kid Rock's main ideology, which would be alcohol is a lot more important than anything else. Mm -hmm. That's... That's the main... I'm pretty sure Kid Rock would drink a beer from a company that had ad campaigns with Karl Marx and Bernie Sanders. So true. He wouldn't care. If that was his only choice, he'd be like, well... Does have alcohol, right? (laughs) And follow up on this story, Mike. Really interesting. Somehow all of this media has resulted apparently... In more people following him on social media. Hmm. Yeah. Since he was seen with the Bud Light can, according to an analytic analytic site, which I didn't know existed, Social Blade, 
which apparently follows all the big time uh, uh, celebrities. By the way, Selena Gomez has four hundred uh, over four hundred million followers on on Instagram. What? What? It's a lot. Yeah. What does she do? How? <laughs> well, she dated Justin Bieber. Yeah, that, first of I all. mean the Biebs. That's cool and all, but I will give her credit too. She follows two hundred and eighty-five people. Woo-hoo. So, hats off to you, Selena. Hats yeah, off to you. At least it's not Taylor Swift yeah. following zero people. Amen, Mike. Loser. Amen. Come on. No offense, Tay Tay fans, Social but we're media. very offended by that. Um, Mike. Yeah, she's great in every other way. <laughs> don't don't cancel <laughs> our show. Um, Social Blade said that he gained 11,820 followers over this mm-hmm. period of time. I I can't Im- who is the person? Like I want to I want to min- I want to I want to find this person that was like, you know, I used to hate Kid Rock because of his crazy conservative views, but then I saw him drinking a Bud Light, so I'll follow this guy's him. Out of his mind. Like, like what? <laughs> Who is that person that was? Or they just were like, "Oh, he's in the news." Yeah, I guess I'll follow him. Like, just yeah, it's just weird. I just don't know. He's gonna post more videos of him shooting things. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. We love chaos, Doc G. That's what we want. We want more. We want more chaos in our lives. <sighs> our social media feed is so vanilla. Not we me. Need more. Not me. I need more <laughs> vanilla, man. Bring it on. <laughs> Cats sleeping. That's what I want to see on my feed. Oh wow! Look at that cat. It's really sleeping. Wow, Doctor, you need to you need to step it up to the cats swatting at each other. The cat swats. No, that's too that's too aggressive, Mike. I just need oh, them. It's great. I need them purring with their eyes so closed, bad. and I'm like, ooh, <laughs> oh, that's lowering my blood pressure and making me want to sleep right now. Mm, that's okay. nice. A little white noise. Yeah, Mike. Uh, I got this is a good one from uh, England here. Uh, Stoke Fruit Farm on Halings Island. It's a it's a pretty popular spot. Halings Island is uh, in the English Channel, and it's popular because they've got Sam's sunflowers. They've they've got fifty <laughs> acres of sunflowers. There's a lot of word mnemonics or something going on here, Doctor. A ton of alliterations. Yes, we got <laughs> whatever it is. Um, there's roughly they've got two million sunflowers, roughly two million. That's a sea of sunflowers, Mike. That is a lot. I would like to see that. Yeah, people love getting That'd their be good for the Instagram. Yeah, well, that's the thing is people love getting their picture taken in the sunflower fields. They love uh, picking their own flowers. There, there's an issue, Mike. And the issue is um, the owners are disconcerted by a new trend. And the new trend is there's an increase of reported naked photography taking place in the sunflowers. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. One visitor commented uh, that her son stumbled across a woman wearing just a thong. And, quote, Mm. he didn't know where to look. Word. (laughs) I'll tell you where to look, buddy. (laughs) I was about to say, I can guess where he was looking, Mike. I think I know. Uh, But I got to say, Mike, regardless of of what the folks at at Stoke Fruit Farm think, a sunflower dong picture is just a classy move. 
Am I right? <laughs> Come on. Come on. Who's out there telling me they wouldn't want to see that on their next happy birthday card mm. from me? Just a, a sunflower classically placed in front of my <laughs> junk. Come on. Uh. That's pretty good, Mike. That is mm-hmm. pretty good. That's right. All right, Mike. Uh, interesting story from Oklahoma hmm. in the town of Durant. So uh, there's a wild animal on the loose, Mike. Wild animal. It's a scary animal. It's a Kawatamundi. Kawatamundi. Yes. A Kawati. Hmm. It's a... Uh, do you know what a kawadi is, Mike? No, it sounds sounds like a mythological creature. <laughs> it, it is. It, 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 think of a mixture of a possum and a, a raccoon lion. and a badger. Okay, that's that's a kawadamundi. Sometimes you hear them. Sometimes you hear it pronounced kodamundi. Hmm. They don't put the wat in there, but. The reason I really wanted to bring this up, Mike, was not because I'm worried for the folks of uh, Oklahoma. I think they'll survive. I don't think uh, this uh, Kawatamundi will kill anybody. <laughs> uh, the the main reason I wanted to bring it up is every time I see it written somewhere, they've got the full name written out, which is Kawatamundis with an S at the end. And it's spelled C-O-A-T-I-M-U-N-D-I-S. Kawatamundis. And I got to say, Mike, maybe this isn't good of me to say, but it just looks like someone like wrote about a forgotten piece of lady part anatomy. <laughs> just, I mean, I'm pretty sure if I just walked up to at least like 75% of America's public with a diagram of vagina and was like, could you uh, point out the Kawatamundi to me? They'd be like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right in this right area. The, right above the ovaries there. There it is. Like, just uh, a ridiculous name, Mike. So true. Ridiculous name. Uh, anyways, Mike, next story. We got a uh, We got an update. Uh, from the old Kevin Costner saga. Uh-oh. Yeah. Yeah. So he and his estranged uh, wife, Christine Baumgartner, uh, showed up uh, at their divorce uh, deposition this past week in Santa Barbara. Apparently, Mike, Christine signed a prenup. Now, if that prenup is legally enforced, she'll have to return $1.5 million that Kevin has already given her, plus pay his attorney fees. Jeez. Big hit for Christine. Yeah. Big hit for Christine. But what folks close to the situation think is going to go down is Christine and her lawyers are going to argue that the the prenup uh, is not is not legal on the grounds that she didn't understand what she was signing. Oh, one of those. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know that was a thing, Mike. I honestly didn't know. You get off because you didn't understand. I gotcha. Like, are you... Are you saying I can buy a house right now, get a mortgage for said house, and then just be like, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm not paying that. I didn't know what I was signing. You're saying I got to pay for this house. Nobody told me that. 
I think I should just get this house. Come on. Like, <laughs> it just seems a little ridiculous, Mike. I don't know. It a seems, seems like a hard thing to argue. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike, we got a little interaction on this next headline for you. I'm going to leave the animal out of this headline, and you have to guess it. Hmm. Quote, three women were injured in a vicious and relentless blank attack in a Montana river with one losing almost half of her right ear. Hmm. Barn owl. (laughs) Dude, that was a perfect opportunity for a Kodamundi. Come on. Come on. Come on. Too early of a call. Too old of a callback. (laughs) Kodamundi. What do you think? Barn owl is not correct. Barn owl is not correct. Mm. What do you think it is? Another another choice. Three women. Three women? Vicious and relentless attack. It's got to be something stupid. It Uh, is. It is. A squirrel? I don't know. I really don't know. It's got to be some tiny and something kind of vicious. You know, I'll give them the vicious, uh, but... You're along the line. I don't know Montana animals. Think, think water squirrel. Water squirrel. Ah, otter, like a beaver. Otter. Yes. Otter. Three women were injured in a vicious and relentless otter attack (laughs) in a Montana river with one losing half of her right ear. Hmm. Mike, they could put that on a Family Feud (laughs) as a question. And if somebody guesses Otter, Steve Harvey is going to give him that Steve Harvey look. Huh? (laughs) Otter? Who's getting attacked by an Otter, Mike? I mean, you know, I don't doubt that these ladies got attacked, but like, I don't know. I just feel like if an Otter comes up and attacks me, I'm picking that guy up and I'm throwing him like a good like Mm -hmm. 15 feet. Like... He's an otter. He weighs eight pounds. Like, come on, man. Just, it's just weird. Just yeah, it weird, is weird. Man. They always run away. You know, I, you, you would never. They think don't they would seem like aggressive. I would think I probably had rabies if that happened. I was like, that otter was not a normal otter. We yeah. need to get this checked out, Mike. <laughs> yes! Um. Last uh, story here. Inter- well, no, I got two stories. Take that back. There's uh, a quick one. This is a, a headline uh, This from this past weekend. Quote, the rapper Gunplay was arrested after allegedly pointing an AK-47 at his wife and newborn. Mm. What? Say what you will, Mike. You got to respect. Staying true to his brand. <laughs> Yeah. No, nobody can accuse him of false advertising. Hey, my name's Gunplay. What did you expect? Come on, come hey, on, Doc G. In his defense, huh? They were telling them that she was telling him to stop playing video games. Okay. <laughs> so, I read the story. Mike's like this one drew me in, and when I saw that he was playing video games and being happy doing it. You got to let him do that. The gun was a little excessive, but come on. Don't <laughs> slightly. And his video games. Slightly <laughs> excessive. Listeners, again, no reason to point a gun at anybody. Just just, uh, just so you know, jokes. 
do not cancel us totally jokes. Um, Mike, I don't know if you saw this. Just this past week, Russia decided that it would be a good time uh, to try their first moon mission in five decades. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Did see that. Yeah, so this was an unmanned mission, mm-hmm. and their goal was to land uh, near the moon's south pole. And uh, instead of landing on the moon, the spacecraft crashed into the moon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So not successful. Not, not successful at all. But, I mean, call me crazy on this one, Mike, but it, doesn't it seem like a bad time to work on a moon landing for Russia? You know? Hmm. Like, I don't, I don't know if they're trying, like, are they trying to distract the world that they're attacking another country? Is that the idea? Like, hey, maybe if we do a moon landing, people will forget we're attacking our neighbors. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe people won't know. It's, it, I mean, you're not going to land the spacecraft and then pull a kid rock and people are like, maybe we should, we should trust the nope. Russian government. Should we <laughs> Should we follow? I'm going to follow Russia. Yeah, there we go. Like, that's not going to happen, you know? <laughs> they follow them for more chaos, for more uh, moon crashes. <laughs> I, I mean, I was thinking about it. It's basically like... crash and, anymore. <laughs> well, we want to see. It could be, could be a manned <laughs> spacecraft next time. Uh, it's basically like in the middle of a ro- uh, robbing a bank. If the robber just stops and plants some flowers before jumping away in the getaway car, you're like, <laughs> wait, did he just... Why did he do that? What did, was that... He still did the illegal thing, right? Yeah, okay, okay. I was just making sure. Like, it's ridiculous. Anyways. Mike, we're going to take a break. We are going to hear from our guest today. This is Yonder Mountain String Band with Ripple right here on the Doc G Show.
Here on the Doc G Show, Spinnaker Radio, WSKRLP 95.5 FM in Jacksonville, uh, Florida. Mike, what do the listeners need to do? Well, Doc G, if the listeners feel like the show is a positive way to waste their time, they should please subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever they get their podcasts. Um, it's a cost-effective way to support the show. And... If the listeners are feeling extra generous, please leave us a five-star review. We love the reviews and comments. We love comments, too. Amen. 
Amen to all of those things, Mike. Uh, we had some great listens. Shout out to Chicago. Shy town coming through with the big listens this week. Mm. The regulars just doing a Jay's great chips. job. Jay, Jay's chips. We got to give them the credit, Mike. Home of the Jay's chips, yes. We got to give uh, the all the five-star listeners credit, and I'm going to do it right now. Here we go. Shout out. Shout out to Jacksonville, Florida, Columbia, South Carolina, Radford, Virginia, Gainesville, Florida, Frankfurt, Germany, Anoka, Minnesota, Ashburn, Virginia, Piracai, Brazil, San Diego, California, Dublin, Ireland, Boardman, Oregon, Genoa, Italy, Richardson, Texas, Barcelona, Spain, Winfield, West Virginia, Biloxi, Mississippi, Tulsa, Oklahoma, Peoria, Illinois, (laughs) Richardson, Texas, Toms River, New Jersey, Olive Branch, Mississippi, Asheville, North Carolina, Los Angeles, California, Spartansburg, South Carolina, Athens, Georgia, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, Chicago, Illinois, and Boynton, Virginia. Shout out. Woo! I trip, Mike, but I refuse to give up. I trip. It was like, it was like in the middle of a 400 uh, sprint. I just fell over right mm-hmm. at the 200, and everybody was like, give up. And I was like, no. And my coach came out there, and we ran to the finish line. My knees were bloody. It was disgusting. <laughs> but I finished, Mike. I finished. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. Congratulations to all the five-star listeners. You are also winners in this, guys. You are all winners. Thank you for listening. We appreciate it. Thank you. It's fantastic. We do. You know? We do. Uh, Mike, uh, like I said, the 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 main listener of the, the week, Chicago, Illinois. Just getting it. Just Chicago. Just doing it. I'm very proud of them. Just being high on the list. High on the list. Anyways, Mike, four-star listeners. Here's some shout-outs to the semi-regs here. Cromwell, Connecticut. Ever been to Cromwell? No, but it sounds nice. Yeah, you know. Cromwell. So, I was about to say, sounds British. Um, yeah, it does. Oblong, Illinois. I had to look up Oblong. I was like, that's a that's a weird name. Uh, halfway between St. Louis and Indianapolis, Mike. It's a southern, southern Illinois location. Uh, I bet they're lovers of J-Chips. Gonna say so true. Bet, bet, Probably. Bet they're getting down on them. Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Shout out to Philly. Ogden, Utah. Ogden. It's basically Salt Lake City. It's part of it. It's right. Okay. It's right on Salt Lake. Uh Memphis, Tennessee. Shout out to Memphis. Uh Northbridge, Massachusetts. Fort Payne, Alabama. Don't know if I'd want to live in Fort Payne. That just doesn't sound good. Yeah, no, it sounds terrible. You know? Denver, Colorado, Mile High, Manhattan, Kansas, Newland, North Carolina, yes! Mountain View, California, Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. There we go. Word. There we go. Semi-regs this week, Mike. Shout out to all of them. Shout out to Shout all out. Of them. Shout Do out. Do appreciate everybody. Did I say Memphis, Tennessee? I feel like I skipped Memphis, Tennessee. Did I say it? I can't remember. If I didn't, hmm. shout out to Memphis, Tennessee. They're on the list for some reason. I don't know if I, I it sort of skipped the brain, Mike. It's sort of I don't know, a little, a little weird, Girl, a little on. weird. Mike, let's do uh, one more birthday suit before we go to break here uh, for our uh, guest O honor uh, yonder mountain string band. Uh, let's see which. Okay, mm, I'm gonna I'm gonna do, I'm gonna do this basketball player here, Mike. Uh, here's the okay. here's the one liner. His brother is the best player on the Golden State Warriors. Hmm. Um, 
Steph Curry's brother is Seth Curry. Correct. Nicely done, Mike. Nicely done. Seth Curry. No slight to you, Seth, uh, but that's your best-known trait. I hate to, mm-hmm. I hate to tell you. It is your brother. Um, Mike, Seth Curry started his career at Liberty College. That's where he started his college career. Then he transferred to Duke. Then he went into the NBA draft, but he was not drafted. Uh, and then he signed with the Santa Cruz Warriors. Then he went to the Memphis Grizzlies. And I'm not going to go through all the teams that he had. He had 10 different teams he played for in 10 years. Jeez. But he has become quite a, you know, central piece to a lot of teams. He's been, yeah. I mean, obviously, he is a uh, he's a sharp shooter, just like his brother. I don't know, yeah. you know. I, he's good at defending his brother, too. He's not, you know, he, he, it's one of those things, you know. He knows him. It's like, you know, mm-hmm. how many times they play in the backyard. He knows that dude. He knows how to play him. Yeah. Like, that's, uh, he knows what he's thinking. That's Come a on. fact. Come on now. But, uh, yeah, Seth Curry. There you go, Mike. Number two of the NBA players. Happy birthday uh, to Seth. What, uh, what, what, uh, what is Seth t- turning? Hold on real quick. Let me, let me pull this out. For some reason, I, I forgot to write down the year there. Turning uh, 33, Mike. Wow. Older nice. than I thought. I didn't think he was 33. That's Younger than I thought. Yeah? Really? Word. I mean, yeah. I will say, even though he's uh, even though he's, he's Seth, uh, Steph's younger brother, he looks older than Steph. Yeah, he does. <laughs> Which is another downside, I guess. I'd be upset about that, too. I'd be like, I'm older than that dude? Or I'm younger than that dude, and I look older? That's not cool. Uh, come on, man. Nope. Plus, I think, I think Steph is better at golf. I don't know. I don't know if Seth plays golf, but uh, Steph is a madman on the golf course. He is yeah, amazing he is. at some golf. Regardless, this is not about Steph. This is about Seth. Happy birthday to Seth turning 33. Live it up, Seth. Live it up, man. Mike, we are going to take a break. We are going to be right back with none other than Yonder Mountain String Band right here on the Doc G Show. is 95.5 Spinnaker Radio WSKRLPFM UNF Jacksonville The Doc G Show because sometimes you need something playing in the background every Wednesday at 7pm on 99.5 FM Spinnaker Welcome back to the show, everybody. We are very excited to be welcoming two of the founding members of the fantastic Yonder Mountain String Band, who will be playing in St. Augustine at the St. Augustine Amphitheater there on September 23rd. Ben and Adam, fellas, how's summer treating you? We're busy, right? Totally. Very busy. Busy and good. Yeah. I like it. I like it. Well, I noticed you did take both of you took off some time earlier in the summer. Uh, Adam, I saw earlier in the in the summer in May, you were doing some fishing. How'd that fish? Right. How'd that fishing go? It was great. Um, we went to my my father and I 
back in 2004, did a trip to Andros in the Bahamas, uh, went bone fishing down there. And my dad went again last year with one of his old buddies and they, they did really well. And he convinced me to go this year. And so it was me and three of his, two of his oldest buddies growing up. So like three 77 year old guys and me. About saying you were the young guy. I was the young guy. Yeah. <laughs> it was really fun though. Fishing was great. Nice. Weather was great. Yeah, it was fun. Now, now is that is that uh, deep sea fishing or is that off offshore? It's no, it's all like inland salt flats. Oh, so that's like, good. That's there's a lot of mangroves on Andro- Andros. Yeah, and there's like this. Uh, there's a creek called Fresh Creek that you come up from the open ocean and it opens up into like miles of just like three foot deep. I mean, maybe it gets to six feet in spots, but. It's just a wide open expanse of salt flats, and there's like fish everywhere. I would be much more for that. I have tried deep sea fishing a couple of times and have thrown up violently. So, oh yeah, stick a, stay <laughs> away from the deep seas for me, uh, Ben. Yeah, no, there was there's no uh, no seasickness on this. Water. Good, no problem. Good. I well, and I've tried Dramamine too, and that just knocks me out. So there's no. There's a, I, I take Dramamine and then I'm basically a useless body that's just passed out somewhere on the boat for like six hours and then they just throw <laughs> me off afterwards. Uh, ben, sometime out there, I think it was uh, July, you, you got your fish on. Where were you getting your uh, fishing done? Yeah, we went to, uh, my son and I went to visit my mom in, uh, just outside of Charleston, South Carolina. Nice. Mm. And uh, we got uh, got out with one of their friends. Usually, we go out with her uh, partner who um, builds boats. Mm. Um, you know, he's just like a he's 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 been there forever. It seems like and uh, and is super super talented and builds these boats that just look like something out of another time. Mm. But uh, we uh, we went out with one of his friends instead, and uh, we were trying to catch. Um, Spot tail bass and uh, flounder, mm-hmm. but uh, we could not get a flounder in the boat. They were hard that day, and caught a ton of uh, of redfish though. Oh, I love redfish. That's like that's like yeah. That's that's my go to. That's my go to uh, southeast eating fish right there. If I'm going to a restaurant, I'm going to go redfish. Yeah, They're it was good. great. We caught. Caught them, brought them back, put them on the grill. Um, it, was, it was perfect. Nice. I love some. I love some low country action too. It's uh, always nice in in the Charleston area. Definitely. Well, uh, we had Dave and Nick on the show about a year and a half ago, and uh, just a couple months actually after that happened, you guys had you had a big change in the band. Uh, Allie decided to step away from the band. Uh, she'd been with you guys for. Eight, eight-ish years, getting close yeah. somewhere around that ballpark, and that's—I mean—it seems like a big change. How did you guys address it? What was what was the game plan when uh, she decided to step away? I think well, well, we started as a four-piece, right? Yeah, but we didn't. We we got so used to playing as a five-piece that that really wasn't an option mm-hmm. in our opinion moving forward. Mm-hmm. And so, um. And to this day, we're, you know, we're still sticking to the MO that uh, we're not going to bring anyone on long term, you know, 
in the, you know, unless someone falls on our lap, someone who's a, you know, a writer, singer, and at least a fiddle player, mm-hmm. um, that probably would be the only reason we'd say. And in the meantime, we have a quite a, a pool of fiddlers and, and dobro players to choose from that have other projects and or other, you know, jobs that they do mm-hmm. uh, where we can just pull from that pool whenever we need people. It turns out the rest of the year, we only really, with the exception of one festival, we only have two fiddlers with us the rest of the year mm-hmm. and we got it sorted out. So nice. And that would be Coleman Smith, who's a local Colorado. He lives in uh, Buena Vista mm-hmm. or Buena Vista, depending on where, how you pronounce where you live. Um, Colorado plays in a band called Rapid Grass, but also has a music school. Mm-hmm. Uh, amazing fiddler. He, he's doing some shows and Luke Bulla, who you might know who he is. He's, He's played with uh, so many outfits. Mm-hmm. Most recently, been with Lyle Lovett, but he was with John Cowan for a long time. And um, but we've been lucky. I mean, we have you know the people that we've gotten to play with have been uh, they've all stepped up and has been super fun. You know, had a good time doing it. So you know, one of the I, I think the the perception and certainly I, I maybe was worried about it in the beginning you know it it actually wasn't as major an adjustment or a shift or a uh when when ali needed to stay home and i mean it makes a lot of sense too because it's hard enough being a dad Mm -hmm. and doing this life Mm -hmm. i cannot fathom being a mom Mm -hmm. and touring like we do um but it, it it the transition was really really smooth and I think maybe just because we'd been through, you know, uh, you know, something that I would even consider just, you know, multiples more significant in terms of, or impactful, I guess, in terms of like band member or personnel changes with Jeff. Yeah. Uh, having, having gone through that, we were so prepared for or whatever, you know, was, was going to happen. We'd just seen it before, you know, and I maybe was expecting just because of the, like I said, because of the history that we had with Jeff and, and the, and the stuff that we had to sort of navigate afterwards. Um, I was anticipating, uh, a lot more negativity coming from, you know, the, I'm not going to say fans, but from the internet and Mm -hmm. these faceless, you know, keyboard jockeys um and there wasn't and that was uh that was really nice i have noticed some of those keyboard jockeys uh, in the past and they they still hang around uh, uh jeff's love and uh, uh they they definitely hang out that's for sure that's for sure well, if it was if it was just them talking about how much they love jeff i'd be i'd be on board with that you 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 I'd be sitting in the front seat man yeah but uh, that's not what that's not what they do no, they they they, li- they live in a in a hateful uh, they they embody or live in a in a in a place of hate and it makes me uh well I don't think about them but uh if I did I'd feel really sad for them if that's the the overarching you know feeling that they have well uh 
before I want to, I want to go uh, a little bit back down uh, memory lane here. But before I go back down memory lane, real quick, uh, there was one other lineup news that I wanted to mention. There, I noticed Nick. Uh, he, he did, he's not leaving or anything, but he did make a noticeable aesthetic change. I noticed uh, he did, a little bit ago he decided to start going with a horseshoe mustache. Is what uh, would yeah. be best described as. And it seems like around May, and that now since he's not here, I want to get your honest opinion. Is that increasing or decreasing the sexiness of the band? Is that, what, what do we think as far as this horseshoe mustache? How does that, how does that help or I, not help the I, band? I definitely don't have my thumb on the pulse of what makes uh, Yonder Mountain sexy, that's for sure. <laughs> but I, I, uh, I come from the generation that mustaches are for old people and they're weird. <laughs> like growing up when I grew up, like no one that was young grew a mustache. I know it's like a thing now. I don't know if it's ironic or what, but um, I see them. Everyone has them now. Yeah. And so, hey, I'm not one to speak about fashion and looks because I'm wearing the same clothes. I, you see pictures of me in kindergarten and I'm wearing a flannel. So, <laughs> you know, like. I basically wear the same clothes I've been wearing my whole life. Officer Piccinini uh, <laughs> uh, might not uh, might not like us talking about his mustache. Well, his mustache is uh, also is a deputy. Well, <laughs> I'll give I'll uh, I'll give him credit. His mustache is grown up at least. You know, I see a lot of people trying to grow a mustache, and it's just a sad <laughs> excuse for one that it's like you're like, is that even? Come on. But he, you know, and he yeah. went all the way down. So I'll give it to him. I'll give it to him. It's work. It's working. It's grown on me. When I first saw it, I was like, what? Now? I'm, I'm, I'm there. I'm there. I like it. I like it. Well, we, we, had, we had to sign some uh, promo photos for the venue, one of the venues we played last week. And there was a picture of the four of us. And, when, and Nick didn't have a mustache. And it looked weird. Like, I'm so used to seeing it with him now that I was like, oh, it doesn't have a mustache. Well, you mentioned, I mean, you said, you know, only uh, you're from the generation of only old people having mustaches. I mean, that's, you know, my, my dad is one of those old people from the time that he was, I don't know, four. He's had a mustache and he's literally, you know, <laughs> he, he he's yeah. uh, he's what, 72 <clears throat> now. And, uh, yeah, I, he had one time he had to have surgery and he got rid of his mustache and it was the weirdest thing ever. I yeah. couldn't handle it. He came home and I was like, what the, who the <laughs> do? Like, I just, I couldn't, <laughs> couldn't take it. So I, you know, I get it. You know, now it's become a part of Nick. He's got to have the stash. Yeah. It's there. Well, it's been, it's been 25 years since the start of Yonder Mountain. And I was actually, you, you. You brought it up, Ben, a little bit as far as uh, Jeff originally being in the band in 98. That's sort of where you started with the band. Uh, when you started, you were in a tree full of pigs. In the, <laughs> playing in tree full of pigs. And he saw you playing in that band and, and came up and said, hey, we should jam together. And I know anybody listening that is a musician of any sort... Uh, knows that that happens a lot, and usually when that happens, it's sort of like, oh Jesus, another person asking. And I gotta ask, what made you think, 
I should call this guy back. I should go jam with this guy. Man, I, you know, I, I don't really even know. I, they, I, I do remember clearly the experience of him coming up after the show. Mm-hmm. He wrote, he gave me his name and number on a just a scrap of paper. I wish I still had it. Um, and and at, and I remember thinking, I'm like, ah, like. Okay, you know, it, it was that, that experience itself. It wasn't like in that moment. I was like, absolutely, I feel the, yeah. you know, the, like like the clouds parted or anything. I just remember thinking like I was so busy already. I had that that tree full of pigs band, and I was trying to just like everyone else at the time, trying to put a rock band together that was very derivative of Fish, and um, and you know, and I, probably even a, oh, and I was working in a band called the Zooks' Zydeco, and. Um, and so then it, that the Zydeco band was a, uh, like a wedding band mostly. Mm-hmm. And the guy who hired me to play bass for that also hired Jeff to play the washboard. Mm-hmm. And well, a fun fact about Jeff Austin is he's, he was one of the best, uh, Zydeco and Cajun washboard players you've never heard of in your life. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was extraordinary. I mean, like, like extraordinary, uh, he could play the washboard and be the star of the show. Um, and, uh, and so then I got to know him a little bit through that and there was, and he invited me up just like every week, there was this pick, a uh, bluegrass pick up in, up in Netherlands and, um, and he had just, I don't know, well, ch- somehow or another, he and Dave had, who had known each other before, yeah. Dave was, had decided to move to Netherlands. And so that this convergence happens and then they had just met. Adam or somehow Adam will tell you how how he got roped in but but we all converged just one Wednesday night and we was at a pick and I seem to recall Vince Herman being there just at the pick and there was a but it was a bunch of people and I don't know maybe 15 20 people and we snuck off into a corner and sang together I want to say one of the songs was Pig in a Pen yeah and then there maybe another one and we sang harmony well together, and we all sort of it just uh, at that point I was like, oh, oh, hey, wait a second, this, something's going on here, you know. I did that whatever that is, that little spark, and that's when I felt that um, that it was there was a uniqueness to even in that moment, it was different than just hey, we've got we four guys and we want to play in a bluegrass band. It was you know, like yeah, there's that, but there was also something else. I don't know you know what that was but i'm i sure am glad that um we pursued it i mean it was some hard conversations i had to have though because i was in a band with my best friends and i had to tell them i'm like guys i gotta i gotta go do this other thing man you know like i got a feeling yeah and uh they were pretty upset with me for a while but uh i I think they they get it now (laughs) it it took 25 years they get it now. Yeah. They got it. They got it. Well, I mean, it, uh, yeah, I, I always hear as far as you guys coming together, um, you know, Adam, you you didn't really play any bluegrass growing up. You were playing all punk. You were playing other sort of forms of guitar. And I hear right. that, you know, Jeff had only been playing mandolin a couple of years before that, uh, if that. But, it seems like I mean, do you think it was mainly the, the the harmonies that that sort of that that gelled you guys together that you really 
felt like something was clicking first, or was it just uh, musically too, right from the beginning? Uh, I mean, I think, I think it the what I was most, uh, what gave me the most confidence in the other three guys uh, was their songwriting mm. and the uniqueness of the songs and how it related to bluegrass because. You know, all four of us didn't, none of us grew up with bluegrass, but we wanted to play bluegrass. And so it, it had, it was like, had our own, it was bluegrass, but it had a different twist because we all had our outside influences. Yeah. And I think at that point in time, in 1998, there wasn't anyone else doing that, at least not where we lived. And, and come to find out, really, I guess it really wasn't happening anywhere no. else. And so we, that's what made me, like Ben said, I don't know, there was something there. That's what, that was what made me say, we have, we really have to pursue this because there's a niche here. No one else is doing this. I really feel like people will come see us, especially when we started doing the open picks more frequently and seeing the way the crowd, you know, the, the you know, people just the, the patrons in there drinking beers, listening to us. Yeah. The way they responded to what we were doing, and 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 then when we started actually playing shows, Colorado in general gave us the confidence to leave the state. You know, just playing in Netherland, playing in Boulder, and people being so jazzed, being like, "Yeah, we can." You know, it was different, also in the way that our sound setup was, where we were. We were getting, we were able to play above the talking crowd in a bar. Like we were amplifying and we were playing a lot louder. And not to say we're, we were definitely not the first band to do that, but yeah. just the, that we could, we could become uh, rock, roughly the same volume as a rock band without drums and get people to, you know, drown out the, the, no, the crowd noise. Yeah. And so I think, I mean, I, I, I think, the I don't advise you know us me learning to flat pick on stage. I don't think that's a good idea. <laughs> and Jeff playing for two years on mandolin. Nah, I mean like most of these bands happening now that are starting out trying to do something similar is they're much more proficient and much more uh, musically inclined than we were. But maybe that was part of the allure to what we had. There was an edge to it and an energy that can sometimes get lost the more proficient you get. We didn't, we, it was almost like our inact, in uh, what we couldn't do, our, our inadequacies, I guess you could say, or something that, that gave us our sound to some, to a large degree. Yeah. We didn't know what was right or wrong. Yeah. We just did what we did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it, it didn't, it, did, it didn't take you guys long of playing together. I mean, Elevation came out in 99. Uh, and I, 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 I was thinking about that just the other day cause I was listening to the album and you guys had no record contract and you guys put this album out on your own label. And now that doesn't seem like anything. I mean, now you, you whip out pro tools, you record it, you make your own album, you put it on Spotify in five minutes. But in 99, there's no streaming. There's no iTunes. Napster didn't really exist. 
It hardly started at that time. Nobody has digital recording equipment. Ben, what was... Was that like a goal from day one when you guys started recording? Was like, we're going to make an album and we need to do that super soon. Oh, totally. Well, we also, we had those songs, you know, all that, the elevation stuff. With those songs, we all showed up as Yonder was forming. We had those songs. You know, I was playing 40 miles, or attempting to play 40 miles from Denver in the, the Tree Full of Pigs band. And Adam had left me in a hole in Idaho. And uh, Jeff, I guess Half Moon Rise and Jeff uh, started during Yonder. Because um, I remember us all helping him with that one. But, uh, but we had, we, so we showed up with those handful of original songs. But the, as far as like putting it out, we, I always remember just like we were, in, we never shopped that record around to re- record labels. We wanted to do it ourselves. And I credit uh, String Tees Incident and Madison House for that, seeing them sort of maintain ownership of their art and and that and extend that into their their booking agency was in-house their management company was in-house that was a a model that was really um inspiring Mm -hmm. and we had uh you know we had help we certainly had some people helping us sort of get uh establish ourselves and you know tell us i still don't know what how do you start a record label i don't know what do you guys I guess you, you call a lawyer and say, I want a record label. And then you pay him a bunch of money and you got a record label. That's it. Uh, and I, but I, we had people helping us and sort of holding our hands and they were learning too. You know, it was really such a wild time because we, uh, everyone around us and ourselves, we just were, you know, we had gigs. I mean, Jesus, we had, uh, we had a gig, our, basically our first gig. We had, a, it was sold out Fox theater yeah. show and we didn't even have a band name. They're like, where you go? Like, what do you want us to put on the marquee? We're like, I don't, I don't know. Uh, we we knew we wanted to be something, something string band or something, something quartet. That was as far as we got. So, but and that's sort of how it felt like back then. We got gigs. We, like, how are we going to get there? I don't know. Do we know anyone who has an RV? You know? Yeah, oh yeah, I think we do. Yeah, okay. And there we got an RV. It just was literally sort of making it up as we went. Did did you guys organize chaos? Did did, yeah. did you guys make Yonder Mountain that night as far as the actual name uh, at the Fox or was that something else? A couple well, days a couple days before. <laughs> it, no, it, we had a, so we had we had an opening slot with Railroad. Uh sorry, with Runaway Truck Ramp uh which was a Boulder based band mm-hmm. um we had an opening slot with them and then the next day we had a full show at a place called the since defunct or now defunct uh uh acoustic coffee house in netherland mm-hmm. and that held about 65 70 people max and that was the one they were de- the the owner of the place said hey man you know we're, we're running ads for this we, you know, what's the name of your band? And so we basically just brainstormed and we had to just come, like, basically they're like, you need, we need a name. I think it was probably within a day we had to come up with a name or something. We got to put something to, and, uh, so that's how that's, it was, it was definitely a last minute. It wasn't something we really thought about a whole lot. We were just thinking, let's do, let's, 
hey, we're going to start a band. And that was like not thinking about anything else, you know? You did the... It was just so, like, we're all, we're all young and just, you know, no real, no, like, real direction in life at that point as far as uh, something concrete. Like, we all were doing our thing, but no one really was, like, fixed on anything. No one, none of us were married. None of us had, like, career paths. Um, I don't even, none of us even had pets or anything. So we weren't tied to anything. And so it was easy to kind of have something new to focus on, but it was the music that we were focused on. It wasn't the business side of things. And I think, you know, that's why there was a show called Behind the Music on VH1. It was just about all these artists just getting screwed left and right (laughs) because all they wanted to do is play music and not pay attention to the business. And we're guilty of of that to a degree as well I and mean, we've all had issues with with uh you know different sorts of people in the music business over the years the first of all the best show behind the music such an awesome show sex <laughs> it really was second of all you did focus on the right thing i mean you know you get those you get those uh bands that it's like they think of the name for four months and they are so excited about their name and then you're like what what about the tunes? Oh yeah, we'll get we'll get some of those. We'll come up with some of those sometime. Don't worry about it. Uh, just to let you guys know, you can't. I uh, I was looking for a vinyl copy of Elevation, cheapest version I could find on the resale market, three hundred dollars. That's the cheapest one I could find. That's lame. That's yeah. People I, love I wouldn't it. pay that. Oh, I'm not. Yeah, don't, right? don't, don't worry. I'm not going to pay it. But uh, I mean, I, people people want it bad. Just to let you know, the the vinyl demand for elevation very high, very high nowadays. Yeah. Oh, there it is. There it is. All signed too. So, My goodness. So that's the that's the original pressing, and that's got, I, I want to say that might be the only one that we still have that's got all four of our signatures on it. Uh, me, yeah. Dave, Adam, and Jeff. Wow. Yeah. Wow, that, hundred bucks. That's <laughs> hey, you you would I I would pay a hundred easy right now for that. That is uh that is some that is some historical uh historical landmark uh memorabilia right there. Um, yeah. Well, now same year as Elevation ninety nine. I actually saw this on the Instagram. There, you guys uh, posted this. You guys go down to Telluride uh, to the festival. You started playing on a porch. And you end up playing your way onto Elks Park stage of the festival. And I got to ask, was that your plan from the beginning when you guys went down there? Was it like, hey, we're not, you know, we're not a part of this festival. We're going to work our way there. Or was it just like, hey, let's go watch these bands? Uh, Our plan was to go to to go to Telluride. I mean, like, honestly, that we, you know, we didn't have plans we we just were like let's this the Telluride's oh we've heard about it or maybe Adam had you already been maybe I know maybe none of us had we're just like we gotta go legendary festival right let's go yeah and so we uh, and we that went. was my first one was nice. yeah mine too but once we're once we got to a place whether Telluride of course being one of the biggest deals for Yonder Mountain yeah but anytime we went any place we once we showed up there we just we always had the instruments out and we were always playing. And we were young, so we stay up really late, you know. And 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 Vince Herman and and Drew and Leftover Salmon, that that crew, mm-hmm. um, they were influences. I would say, you know, certainly with Jeff, 
where Jeff was paying attention to, to Vince and what Vince did and how Vince could command. I mean, Vince could lead a parade. There was no parade before Vince showed up, and all of a sudden there's a 2 a.m. parade. Mm-hmm. And, and Jeff was watching that and learning mm-hmm. from those experiences. And we just would have our instruments and play and go over there and wake that person up in their tent and play and then go over there and do the same thing. It was That was sort of what we did. Not like we, we weren't trying to cause trouble or anything. We were just so enthusiastic and young and just, you know, raring to go. Yeah. And, and they, and someone saw us from the festival and they, and said, you know, hey, uh, why don't you guys go play? Because in Telluride, they run two stages pretty much. You got the main stage, and then you got a, a, sta- a stage in town that's smaller but um, free. Mm-hmm. So anyone, you don't need a ticket to the festival to see that. But you, a lot of times, it's the same musicians that are playing at the at the main stage mm-hmm. will do little shows in town, and it, it's a you know it's a, it was a big deal. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, there's an opening. You know, there's a a, a, a show, a slot open. You guys go play it. Nice. And that changed our lives, man. I was about to say, at that point, obviously, you mentioned you, you're, you're young, you're ready to go. Were you convinced, like, when that happened, you're like, we are the greatest band in the world, guys. We have done it. Was that sort of the mindset? Well, no, because <laughs> nah, because I, because we used to, we listened to the bootlegs, you know, after the, <laughs> after the fact. And I'm like, that's, that's not good. <laughs> we gotta practice. We gotta practice a little bit more. Um, and of course, with bluegrass music, you're you're literally, literally watching people like Bela Fleck and right. David Grisman and, and Sam Bush and these people who are legends in every possible way, you know. And we were there, like, hi, we you like, Bing, 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 Bing. We I tuned my bass today by myself, you know. Like <laughs> I, we're not the same league. But uh, but not, at least in terms of that, yeah, we are very much in the same league in terms of the band or whatever you know the 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 sum the the sum being great the whole being greater than the sum of the parts. Mm-hmm. I'll take the Pepsi Challenge with any band as far as that goes. But in terms of like, did we ever think we were the greatest band? Nah, <laughs> nah. Well, fast forward twenty four years later, after that that playing, you guys this past June. Play the fiftieth Telluride, uh, and you're inducted in the Colorado Music Hall of Fame. That's yeah, that's wild. That is now. Yeah. I, I I gotta ask. You know, how did the? I was thinking of you know that moment that you guys get that award. I'm guessing it's one of those things of, of looking back on the past, and being like, it didn't feel like 24 years since that last Telluride on the on the porch. Like, I mean, it had to seem coming fast and a lot of emotions when you get a Hall of Fame award, I'm guessing. I mean, there's, it's like when you look back on anything, it seems like yesterday, but then it also seems like a long time. Mm-hmm. You know, I, 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 the year we formed, I, I the year I turned 25 and, and we used my birthday, middle of July as our anniversary pretty much because that was when we made that decision when ben was talking earlier about how we all picked together and sang pig in a pen Mm -hmm. it was that night that we decided we were going to be a band and that was right around my birthday in july 98 i just turned 50 in july so i mean yeah 
time's gone by. <laughs> half the life. Half the life, man. Yeah. What would it feel? I mean, obviously, you guys starting in Colorado, becoming a band in Colorado, basically having all these huge moments. What did it feel like being part of the Hall of Fame, Ben, of that state, of being, you know, the, the state that you guys were created in? It's it's an honor. You know, I don't, I don't uh, like... I think uh, Adam and I, we're all of us. We, it's not like we stay, we st we don't stare at ourselves in the mirror and go, yeah, you're such a good hall of famer. You know, <laughs> like that, there's none you of that. <laughs> you know, yeah, right. But, uh, but it's, but it's, yeah. I, I mean, I, I, Yonder Mountain wouldn't exist in, if it wasn't for the state of Colorado. Our sound, especially back in the day, it was, you know, made from the, dirt and the mountains and you know where we were living and what we saw every day when we walked out our front doors and like mm -hmm. you know it's so it's such a part of this band mm -hmm. um i'm it's an honor you know i'm happy that we went in with leftover salmon and, and string cheese hot um rice. and hot rice you know the who who were the you know in our older brothers you know for sure in terms of the um establishing of the the Colorado sound because mm -hmm. there is such a thing or, or that there was um, and that is that you know we I gosh we've we've looked up to all of those acts and artists throughout our whole career mm -hmm. it felt great mm -hmm. and at but like I said it wasn't something where we were gonna you know we, we weren't gonna spend any time being too self-congratulatory because there's another show to play mm. and we got a, we got a new record to make in November and we, you know, it's just like always something else to do and it's, it can't suck. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like we yeah. got, we got to be good the next show we play. We got to make a good record, you know, like this, is, there's always something new to, to focus on and, uh, and, and, you know, hopefully be the best that you can be, even be better, you know, yeah. um, than you were. But it, but it was great. It was wonderful, and to have it be in Telluride, it was it was it was a sweet moment. Nice, nice. Well, uh, talking about that music, talking about moving on uh, as far as new tunes. There, uh, your most streamed song on Spotify, "Dancing in the Moonlight," awesome yeah. one-hit wonder of the seventies. Uh, just love it, and I was wondering. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you guys cover a bunch of tunes in every live show. You 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 love covering different artists. Uh, do you remember who wanted to play that song originally? As far as Dancing in the Moonlight, Jolliffe. Yeah, Jake. Nice. Yeah, or yeah, Jake Jolliffe for sure. And uh, I remember because he had it worked out. Jake right. was a uh, Jake had a. a real love I'm sure he still does of this sort of like 70s obscure in some cases obscure folk rock mm -hmm. but like he was that was his he loved it <laughs> excuse me and so he it. showed up yeah and he showed up with that song and we're, we're I don't I mean I don't it seemed like we were all pretty much on board with it right away yeah. but uh but it but we, I think we also were probably like, oh, here's Jake with another, you know, another 70s, you know, rock tune that he's, you know, 
wants to do. But uh, I sure am glad that he uh, he shared that with us. Yeah. Well, now, I mean, going in that same vein, as far as 70s rock, when, when Gordon Lightfoot passed away, you guys posted on, on Instagram a uh, cover of you guys doing Shadows. Um, yeah. And, and, Ben, you talked a little bit about, uh, you know, Gordon Lightfoot being a, a good songwriter and, and in uh, Must Have Had Your Reasons, you said you swiped the melody from from Gordon Lightfoot. Um, where, yeah. where would you say on your list of songwriters you'd put you'd put Gord? Where does where does he fall as far as songwriters? Oh, man. Top 20. You know, I mean, I'd have to really sit down and do that. I, I have a hard time, you know, uh, creating a yeah. hierarchy with, with artistic expression. Mm-hmm. Um, he he certainly seemed to be authentic in, in his music, you know, and that's all we can aspire to, mm-hmm. I think, is to have, you know, as much authenticity in the stuff that we create mm-hmm. and, and in so doing, maybe develop a style or create a name for yourself, you know, where so like if somebody says like, that's a Lightfoot tune, you, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You know, that's, that's the, the proof of that. Um, but, you know, for, and for me, I don't, I don't tend to like obsess or, or go too far down the rabbit hole with any one um, person. Mm-hmm. I kind of float around looking for influence. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of my favorite songs that, that I wrote, uh, or at least one that feels, no, I guess it's one of my favorites, Must Have Had Your Reasons, because it's real. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a, it, it's, a, it's a real moment in time for me. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I absolutely was listening to Lightfoot and uh, his, uh, his song, uh, Walls. And, right. um, and I, when I, that I would, then I like stopped that, stopped that song and went and got my mandolin and, or guitar or whatever. And I just wrote that. You know, with you know, and yet the last thing I want is for somebody to listen to my song and go, "Oh, that's yeah, you know, that's Walls from Lightfoot." But uh, and I don't think that people would necessarily make that connection if I hadn't been open about it, um, which is good because that means there's some originality in yeah. what I did. But uh, but absolutely wouldn't have that song without Gordon Lightfoot. Well, I was about to say, I, I uh, when I first heard you say that on must have had your reasons i went back and i tried to figure out which gordon lightfoot song it was and i was like i, I don't know it sounds listen little... to the uh listen to the tony rice version uh walls tony yeah. rice sings gordon lightfoot and the song walls on that recording mm-hmm. that whole record is is a must have mm. uh so it's pro- it's it easily my top five uh all-time bluegrass related mm-hmm. uh uh records um, but that, yeah, that, that recording just, I must, I'm sure I've listened to it 500 times more. It just, I love it. Th- that, yeah. that, that's on the level of, uh, Gordon Lightfoot sundown for me. I know it's obviously is most popular, but I just can't. That song is just so good. I go back to it. Yeah. So, so many times, so many, t- have you thought about ever? I mean, I know you guys have done, uh, I'm not saying, uh, several times in concert. Have you ever thought about throwing out a, a sundown? in concert tell you what that would have been a great uh encore for this last tour we just did with railroad and salmon mm. i wish we had spoken to you last week <laughs> <laughs> we 
You got you got time for the the railroad uh, shows? Yeah, I was about to say you got yep. you've got uh, twelve shows in <clears throat> September here. Half of them uh, with Railroad Earth and uh, and Keller and Keels. Uh, Twenty five years into it, I was wondering uh, how do the shows feel different? I mean, obviously, like you mentioned, the novelty is a little bit gone as far as the newness, as far as you guys not being twenty five. We, you know, how how are what what remains the same? Is it always just the love of the music? Is that the thing? I mean, as far as what 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 drives you in these concerts, and and what what stayed the same over those twenty five years in these concerts? I feel like the the big difference is not like I feel like things have remained the same. I feel like post pandemic, the shows feel different than at any other point in the 25 years to me. Um, and that's mostly because of that big break we had, because before that point, we'd never been gone. We'd never been home for more than two two months. Mm-hmm. At, and it was probably more like seven weeks. Like we'd never gone longer than that without a show. And then we did, you know, but the, between March, mid-March of 2020, to May of 2021, we did 12 shows. Um, so we were home the whole time. Yeah, and I think it gave a, it gave me gave me a new appreciation for what we do, and also, uh, you know, with the Nick being was new at that point as well. Mm-hmm. I think Nick brings a totally different energy to what we do, and having all these different fiddle players, each one of them brings a different energy. Um, having new material all these things combined uh you know i've always had the 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 mentality that we're lucky as do don't take it for granted could it you know it's always felt like we could do this for another 20 years 25 years or it could end tomorrow like it's always kind of been that weird lack of stability and maybe that's what makes it keeps us like keeps me still enjoying what we do. Now there's always nights like Ben and I were sick as week on the road. Mm. I had a couple of nights where I wish I could take back. Those happened to be the two that were live streamed, of course, where I couldn't (laughs) sing, couldn't sing a lick. I'm attempted to, but for the most part, like I have fun every night where it's, uh, I think you're right though. I think the, you know, it stays as long as you have new stuff and, and at least, we don't do the same set every night. Granted, we've been doing probably a little more repeats than we usually do just because of the fifth member not being permanent. Mm-hmm. Um, it's harder to have a bunch of, ton of all of our material at hand. I, there are, we've been passing around a list of songs that we want to start playing. One of them being Must Have Had Your Reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it's, I don't, I, you know, I feel like I could do this for a lot longer. I'm not, I'm not bored with it at all. We still have a lot of fun. It's a great, there's like pretty low drama currently and it, which makes everything a lot easier. You know, everyone gets along. We still like each other. Like we had a Dave from Railroad Earth met us at a Mexican place in one of the venues last week, near one of the venues last week. And he's like, oh, that's crazy. You guys, like, we're all eating dinner together. And he's like, that's crazy. You guys all, like, eat together. <laughs> you know? Like, we don't hate each other. Know, like, yeah. All right. Yeah. yeah. It, I mean, nah, it, 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 if you don't, 
it doesn't mean you don't like each other. It's just everyone has their own lives, you know? But yeah. we, we don't. But we just hang out with each other. <laughs> <laughs> we don't. No. Ben, is, 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 same deal for you. You have anything to add on that? Yeah, I mean, I've, I don't know. Well, I'll just, in my own world, and it wasn't for any particular reason. Uh, it wasn't like a New Year's resolution or anything. But at the beginning of this year, I had a, a shift in my own uh, self. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was determined to live uh, more completely in the experience of gratitude um, for what it is that we get to do. And uh, because it's extremely rare, this is not a common thing. This is not, you can't just decide that you're going to go do this and it's guaranteed to work. Yeah. If anything, I, I would say that the odds are that it wouldn't work. Um, and yet here we are. And so I just, I just determined that I'm going to inhabit this feeling of gratitude for what we get to do. And whenever possible, express that at least once a night into a microphone. Nice. And what I've found is that that, uh, it's almost like having a garden that you tend and things grow from that, whether that's quietly inside of myself or within the group, mm-hmm. uh, you know, or, or, or somehow feeling this change in the connection between the band and the audience, almost cultivating a, an even deeper kinship. Um, and so that's been my approach uh, for this year specifically. And it's one that I intend to continue because... Uh, I really like how I feel nice. as a result. Yeah. So, yeah, that's kind of the that's the deal for me. Re- remind yourself. Remind yourself every now and then. Well, uh, last last question on the on the shows there. This is sort of random, but uh, I've seen a good number of clips of your shows uh, where audience members uh, try to clap along and uh, their rhythm is horrible. Um and I was wondering, does that ever throw you guys off? Like, if, they, if there's a lot of people that are just, like, making, like, a lot of sort of bad claps, and you're like, no, no, you're you're not on the right. Does that ever, is, or does it just not make it up to the stage where you can hear it that well? Oh, you can hear it. It depends on the, on the room. There's definitely yeah. times where if that's happening, you're, it's, you sort of just have to, sort of just buckle down a lot of times uh, if you pay attention if you've seen us enough they'll times well i'll just sort of like scoot myself over to adam mm-hmm. and uh be, and my eyes are on his right hand yeah because yeah. his right hand is, is doing the guitar thing and i'm just right on it they're like yeah, okay, if i'm not just- singing if i'm not singing and i see him do that i'll turn towards him and then he usually turns towards me so we can both just watch <laughs> you know you know because you can't because you, you gotta be you got to be referencing. Sometimes you can't just use your ears, yeah. you know? Um, and also we can't afford to have monitor mixes for everyone in the audience. And if we could, <laughs> I think their rhythm would be a lot better. That's true. <laughs> it's it sometimes, sometimes, yeah, I, it's gotta be, it's gotta be a combination of things. Cause I'm like, how can you be that bad at clapping guys? That is, it is not sounding. You are not I on mean, at all. Alcohol. That's is true. Another factor in that, the rhythm. Alcohol. Well, also we we don't have a drummer. I think a lot yeah. of times people clap to the drums. You, you got know? that two and four and coming you, down. Yeah, you you definitely see it a lot easier. That's true. That is true. Yep. 
Well, now, last question. You mentioned it uh, a little bit earlier, Ben, uh, as far as, uh, I think you mentioned November, but uh, new music. Uh, what, what can you tell us about the new music that's in the works there? Well, um, I, Nick's got a, a handful of things. He's got a wonderful instrumental that I'm really excited about. Mm -hmm. um, and then a song, a bluegrass song. That, two. Uh, two bluegrass yeah, there's the one that I've that I'm most familiar with though, just from having heard people playing it. Like Nick will play it by himself, or Adam will join in, or whatever. It's like different configurations as they're working through mm -hmm. the the song. And I'm really happy about that one too. It's clever. Dave um, got a I've, couple too. Yeah, I have. I'm still uh, I'm still getting caught up on the, the the material that Dave has. I'm working on a song that I'm I, I I'm I'm feeling in a danger zone because I'm overly attached to it. And that's not a good place to be mm -hmm. with the material. Uh, I don't think I, I have. I have such a strong desire to have this song that I'm working on be right, mm -hmm. be, be correct, be because it's so autobiographical, and it's and it's taking a risk for me with some of the content. And I want it to be. I want it to be perfect. Yeah. And I remind myself that never once in the entire history of Yonder Mountain String Band, nor in my life have I ever been perfect. And so that's a bit of a conundrum. Yeah. But uh, but I, re I really am attached to it. And then I've got a couple other uh, ideas that I'll, I'll begin to finalize that and at least uh, share with the guys and see if they like them. Nice. Um, and then we've got one a song that uh, our friend Sean Camp wrote um, and gave to us that I'm advocating to put on the record. Um, and we, we got, got so nowhere next. Right. Uh, oh yeah. There's a, there's a hint. There's, there's, there's some old material that never made it to a record. And we, we used to toy with the idea of doing like an old, but new type series, but right. I think we're just maybe pepper some of them into each of our records that we do moving forward. We yeah. could still go that route. We do have a, uh, an old EP that we recorded with the original four of us that never got released. That I'm mixing with our our engineer John McVeigh. We're gonna we were supposed to mix it a while back. He had some issues with his speaker, and then but um I just texted with him today actually, and we're gonna try to get it done, and that should hopefully be released in the near future as well. Now was that was that from the same uh, where where you pulled the uh, the digital work of Elevation? I saw on Instagram where you you finally got no, the converter. This is, this is this is that's this is 2000 uh, end of 2010 early 2011. Okay. All right. So it's five songs, two of Dave's and one of each of the three of us. Nice. Nice. Um, none of them, none of them, none of them ever ended up on a record. Uh, Jeff put one of the, his song on on one of his solo records. Gotcha. But gotcha. Yeah. So no, no, no timeline. You guys don't have any timeline for these things. It's when you can get them, get them together when you oh. want to put them out. Well, we have. So there's, there is once you once you have your studio time, mm -hmm. there is a you can get a general sense mm -hmm. of when it can come out. Mm -hmm. You know, we're, we're thinking mid November going in the studio. We have the, the 12th to the 20th blocked off right now. Mm -hmm. We probably won't use all that time, but that's, that's what we have blocked off. Um, we record it. We got to get all the parts done. Then we got to mix it. And then once, 
what, and then you got to master it. And once it's mastered, so anywhere from the first note you record till when you master it, I mean, that could be whatever years, but if yeah. we're quick about it, we could definitely have it mass mixed and mastered by the first of the year in theory. Yeah. Um, and then once it's mastered, they generally say with vinyl, you know, they say to be safe six months, Yeah. but it could be four months. So four to seven months, four to eight months after that. But we also have, we're also going to release one of our old mountain tracks again too. That's another release. So we have the EP, the Man. mountain tracks three, and then this new record. So in theory, we could have three releases next year. Um, we were hoping to get the, the EP done early by the end of this year to have it out before Christmas. But, um, we had some issues, like I said, with our, our engineer friends, uh, studio. So we weren't able to get in there and I it wasn't a huge rush cause we were super busy this summer anyway. Man, there's, there's, there's any evidence that, uh, you guys love what you're doing. It's the fact that you could, uh, come out with three releases in year 26. Uh, no problem. Well, the. In in our defense, or in, you know, it's not it's not that much work to release something <laughs> that already was released. Ah, we're not <laughs> you know, putting any. Well, it's still. I mean, it's still there, though. I mean, you know, it's still it's yeah. st it's still and then and then the new album and then the EP. So I mean, it's still it's still wanting to put things out, and uh, obviously got some. Uh, you got some great uh, concerts coming up. One that our listeners should be keyed in on September twenty third here in Saint Augustine. Uh, Ben, yeah. Adam, we are up against a break, but uh, I want to thank you guys for coming on the show and talking with me today. Thanks, yeah, so thanks much, for having man. us. Yeah, for sure. Listeners, make sure to check them out. September 23rd, St. Augustine Amphitheater. It's going to be good. Stream all of their music on all the streaming platforms right now. Let's take a listen to If Only by Yonder Mountain String Band right here on the Doc G Show. What you want, good times we had won't run away. So close to you, take what you can, hold to your heart time in time. If only we could turn from the show and see each other clearly. Imagine how far we could go, more than my words can say. Is it a dream round and round? Looking at you harder to hear Don't want to drive you away If only we could turn from the show And see each other clearly Imagine how far we could go More than my words can say
find your place over the hill So far away, vow to be yours Hope it will be evermore If only we could turn from the show And see each other clearly Imagine how far we could go More than my words can say Here on the Doc G Show, you just heard Yonder Mountain a String Band. That's right. Good people, Mike. Good people. Yeah, definitely. Definitely good people. Enjoyed talking. Now I've done uh, the, whole, the whole band. I've talked to the whole band. Good stuff. Talked to, talk yeah. to Dave and Nick first, now Ben and Adam. Uh, what would you take from it, Mike? Any, any takes, uh, points from the interview? Hmm. Well, it's it's just wild to me that they've been together since '98. Yeah, I, it just seems like such a long time for a band to be together. Of course, you know you got a lot of legends that have been together for like 50 years. Yeah. you know, but '98, ah, just such an interesting. Um, well, I mean, mustaches. I mean, you think about um, it real quick next. before you go to mustaches. Um, you know, that's it's it's like Adam said, half of their life, literally. Like he started the band yeah. when he was 25. And now he's 50. He's been in yeah, Yonder so Mountain's crazy. string band half of his life. Uh, and, I mean, that's that's a, that's a big deal. That's a big commitment. It's a, And, I mean, you know, that's why it makes sense that they're in the Colorado Hall of Fame. You know? They, yeah. They, they've, put, they've put the time in. But, uh, anyways, mustaches, Mike. Mustaches, Doc G. Yeah, I don't know how they pull off the mustache. You ever get to that point where, well, you don't get this, but, like, when you shave and you get to the, like you leave the mustache last. Yeah, uh-huh. I don't know if uh-huh. I'm the only guy. No, that no, does no, that. no, no. And then uh, you look at yourself in the mirror. You're like, no way. There, there's <laughs> just no. There's way. different. Uh, like back in the day when I used to actually shave my beard at some point. Blam. I would try different things out. You know, you would leave different yeah, parts, yeah, yeah, and yeah, you'd yeah, just you'd be try. like, "How's that look? <laughs> now that looks pretty stupid. I can't do no that." Way. Yeah. Yeah, um, it's a no way every time. <laughs> my mustache is finally at the point that it's actually big enough 
to be a mustache because like mm. for a long time it was just a trash dash you know mm. and that's the thing it's like i like it's like i told adam and and uh and ben is luckily nick does at least you know he has a respectable stash it's not some kind of little weak trash dash coming out you know and he's got mm-hmm. the full bring it down the old handlebar mustache you know so not horseshoe sorry Horseshoe. Horseshoe mustache, yeah. Got to get the names right. Horseshoe mustache. But uh, regardless, you know, hats off. It's a nice, it's a nice, you know, it's it's an audible, you know. Let's try this out. See what, and when you're in a string Mm -hmm. band, I think it works. You Mm -hmm. know? Yeah, it goes with the look, goes with the sound. If you were, if you were in a pop band, I'd be like, no, I'm sorry. I'm sure, I'm sure Harry Styles could do it and everybody would love it because it's Harry Styles, but uh, yeah. it's just not going to work for me. Regardless, Mike, what else you got? Anything else? Hmm. Uh, hey, nothing much, okay. really, Doc right. G. They, hey, they, you know, I agree with the fishing. It's good times, um, man. I, I definitely like, I liked when he told me, you know, it was out, is out in, the, in the flats there. You're not going any yeah. deeper than six feet. And I was like, that's good. If I get seasick, yeah, yeah, yeah. If I get seasick there, I can just jump out into the water and literally just like hold my head up and be like, "Okay, I'm good." Mm-hmm. Yeah, their fishing sounds nice. No drama, me needed. Exactly, right? exactly. Yeah, I'm, I'm there for that. And then the redfish, then you get some good redfish. I'll oh, get out of town. Mm. Nice man, nice. That's a fact. But uh, regardless, Mike, they're coming this way. Listeners need to be on lookout for them, and uh, that's the best thing about Yonder Mountain String Band. They put on a rockin' live show. They, mm. you know, I mean, and I didn't actually bring this up because we were running out of time in the interview, Mike, but that's the thing about them. I've never seen them not look happy about playing. Like, they're always jazz, And, like, there'll be, there'll be videos of them backstage after shows playing more jams. And you're like, you guys just finished playing two and a half hours of jams, and now you're going to go back here and play more jams? Like, they just don't get tired of playing music. That's the impressive part. It's They love what they do, man. Mm. And so hats off to them. Yonder Mountain String Band, guys. Go string the, uh, stream their music. Not string it. Go stream their music. <laughs> um, Mike, we need to move on to the fastest growing segment in the world. Mike C, top three. Woo, woo. Yes, Mike. Uh, good topic fat topic got very excited about this mm-hmm. now mike i did something that i'm i'm sure you didn't well I, i'm not sure if you did this or not here's what i did i literally researched the best donuts in the country and so i haven't had these donuts before i'm going off of pictures descriptions and reviews and i'm saying okay. my god this is a donut i want to have right so that's the way I chose my donuts. Now, did you go with donuts that you've already had? Yeah, I went with donuts that just, the like, they, they instantly came up as, like, these are my... I like donut. it. You know, I like it. Yeah. I could have done that, but honestly, I wanted, to, I wanted to go into fantasy world with it, you know? Okay. I was like, I want to know, and let me tell you, you're going to hear some of these donuts, and you're going to be like, yeah, I do want to do that. I, I, wa- mm-hmm. I want to head there right now. I want to get up in that donut. Word. Mike, uh, do you have any honorable mentions? Yeah, definitely. Okay. Um, blueberry donuts, like the blueberry frosted uh, uh-huh. glazed donuts mm. from Dunkin' Donuts. Ah, 10 out of 10. Mm. Um, 
Also, uh, any glazed chocolate donut, like so, you know, glazed donut with the chocolate frosting on right, top. Right. Those are always like the basic, always good. Always Amen. Good. Um, and uh, yeah, they also have this um, thing called the cannoli donut right. down the street from us at Pink Box. You're a big fan cannoli of cannoli. Donut. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Any type of pastry with cannoli filling. You're about it. Yeah. You're about it. Mm-hmm. Mike, I've got yeah. one uh, honorable mention. This would be Da Vinci's Donuts in Atlanta, GA. Da Vinci's Donuts. They've got the chocolate Oreo donut. Say what? As they say, a mm. chocolate lover's dream. We take our rich chocolate icing, pair it with everyone's favorite cookie, the Oreo, for a chocolate combo that will satisfy your chocoholic cravings and mike i would like to have it i'm not gonna i'm not i'm not gonna front it looks like an amazing amazing donut so that's my honorable mention Mm. mike my uh number three we're not traveling too far from atlanta we're going to memphis tennessee memphis tennessee we're hitting up gibson's donuts gibson's donuts they have the darth velvet donut the Darth Velvet Donut, a red velvet cake donut topped with French cream dipped in Oreo crumbs. My God, Mike, this cookie Ooh. or this donut looks amazing. It looks just fantastic. Decadent, you yeah, bet. Oh, my gosh, Mike. My number three. Mike, what's your number three? My number three are those, um, you know, the little chocolate frosted donuts uh like the um they come in the white bag uh i want to i always forget the uh name i should have obviously buy them little debbie little the little chocolate donuts the little debbie chocolate donuts those are incredible and the reason why i mentioned those is because they're great dipping donuts so if you if you if you dip your donuts in any kind of liquid you bite off a little bit and then the way the chocolate coverage works is it holds the liquid so wow. you get the yeah man you're getting you're getting you're getting scientific Amazing. on that yeah, one yeah, Mike. Yeah. yeah 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 and i've been eating those donuts since i was a little kid, i was about yeah, to say so and cheap that's just uh that's about as cheap donut as you can get right there oh yeah you, oh yeah super cheap i like mm-hmm. it i like it mike my number two shout out to our chicago listeners we love shout you out. i got a place right in their hometown here mike do right donuts and chicken my mm. God, Mike, this place looks amazing. If we do a live show in Chicago, we're going to do it from Do Right Donuts and Chicken. That's where we're doing mm-hmm. our live show. And Mike, my my donut from Do Right Donuts and Chicken? Blueberry crumb. Say what? Blueberry crumb. Oh, my God, Mike. Talk about that blueberry, blueberry glaze you were just talking about. This, mm. this is it. This is it turned up to 11 right here. This thing looks amazing. I w- I can guarantee you I would not be able to stop at 32 dozen. It would be insane. Insane. <laughs> Mike, uh, what is your number two? My number two, sour cream donuts. Whoa. Sour Whoa. cream donuts. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've never yeah, had always. one. Um, yeah, they're, uh, I don't know. It's just they're always so crispy. Okay first they're thick yeah they're thick and then they all always have like a lot of glaze all right 
So always a lot of glaze. And then the way that they make the donuts, sometimes like, I don't know why, but the top part, there's like a, it's like concaved on top. So even more glaze gets, they're, uh, they're always good. Love it. Sour cream donuts. Love mm-hmm. it. That's good stuff, man. All right. Number one, number one, dough donuts in New York. Dough donuts. Dough donuts. And the, the number one donut that I want to have from there, chocolate cocoa nib. The chocolate cocoa nib. So what they chocolate cocoa? Nib. Yeah. So have you ever had a a, a, a cacao nib, Mike? The actual no, little cocoa so. nibs. So it's a little actual mm. like hard, the little crunchy part of the cocoa plant, and it's it's oh they're so good, right? They make the cocoa so nibs. they'll do this this donut. Bittersweet vintage plantation cocoa uh, chocolate glaze topped with crunch cacao nibs. Oh my mm. gosh, Mike! This one I know. I just I, I would I would be in love with. I'd, no question, no question, Mike. What is it? Which what's the uh, restaurant called? Don't like Dough Donuts. D O U G H Donuts. Dough Donuts. Mm. Yeah. Those, those, uh, Mike, uh, the, you know, those are places that it's almost like I would make a trip to that city just for those yeah, donuts. Yeah, that looks awesome. And they're pretty amazing, man. Pretty amazing. Mike, you're number mm. one. Fantastic. My number one, uh, any coconut donut, any wow. coconut donut. So any, like, uh, the coconut, like, flakes, you know? Yeah. Uh, I like the Little Debbie Crunch you know, little crunch donuts. Yeah. Those are very similar. But uh, yeah, right down the street, pink box. Do- uh, Dunkin' Donuts retired their coconut. Come donut. on. Very, very sad. Um, but uh, yeah, pink box down the street. Coconut donuts, always a number one, always my go-to. Pink box is a is a popular one, man. They're, yeah, they're, they're incredible. It's art. It, it's really, it is art. I mean, there is no shortage around the country of artistic donuts that's for sure they're all over the place man they're just mm. all out outrageous but anyways mike do you have our topic for next week yeah this is a kind of kind of a random one top three movie endings did we do that already top three movie endings okay. no i mean we haven't done that but i was trying to think if i have any off the top of my i've got two I've got one my brother knows about this one. I want to reveal what the topic is. But for some reason, it popped up in a dream of mine. Like <laughs> like the the ending popped up in the dream and it was just a little bit tailored to my life. And like and like I came out just being like, yeah, awesome. Huh? And like it was just so weird. Like it had no business being there. It was just so yeah. bizarre. And so that one, it might make, I don't think I'm going to put it in my top three because it's just such a, not a known movie. Honorable mention. But it, I was about to say, it's, we, it, we all have to hear this it, now. It's going to be an honorable mention for sure. But okay, top three endings. I, I'd almost put, I, 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 not to stay on this topic, but I'd almost put Fight Club up there just because of the curveball, you know? Yeah. You know, I'm just thinking, I'm just thinking of why would I put these in my top three? And I like you know surprises are pretty dope. That's a pretty good reason. Curveball endings. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, all right, all right. We're gonna stop here. Uh, we got to move on, Mike. We got one birthday suit left. Uh, this one I think you can get easily as well. 
Uh, okay, I'm going to try to give us a uh, one-sentence clue here. He caused blank sanity in 2012 with the New York Knicks. Jeremy Lin. Jeremy Lin is correct. Yes. Lin sanity, Mike. Woo. Yes. Lin sanity, man. Lin, Lin sanity. Good stuff. Good stuff. He was, uh, wow, that was crazy, though, right? Yeah, I mean, what happened to that guy? I mean, that just the the whole insanity in general was nuts. So let me just let me just tell the listeners, right? If you're not familiar with Jeremy Lin, because this was a wave. If like you were too young then, or you were already out of the basketball game, you probably just don't remember this at all, because it was literally like a two month span, and that's it. That's a fact. Uh, so he played basketball all his life. He went to Harvard. Uh, he dominated at Harvard his senior year. He had 16.4 points a game, 4.4 rebounds a game, 4.5 assists a game, 2.5 steals a game. That's a full stat sheet right there. He was he's getting some stuff done. So he tried to go into the NBA draft. No team drafted him. He eventually signs with the New York Knicks. And then on February 12th, or February 4th, 2012, because Baron Davis was injured... He starts the game. And in a 12-game streak before the All-Star break, he averaged 22.5 points a game and 8.7 assists. And their record was 9-3. and three. And he was just their outright leader for those 12 games. He was on all he was crossing up Kobe. He was doing insane things in this period. It was nuts, man. Wow. And then after that season he was traded to the Rockets and then basically never heard of him again. He then he went to the Los Angeles Lakers and then he was at the Hornets for a couple of years, then he went to the Brooklyn Nets and then the Atlanta Hawks mm-hmm. and then finally the Toronto Raptors. He got a ring with them luckily with the uh, Kawhi there. Um, but since 2019, Mike, he played in China and he played in Taiwan. Crazy thing, just this year, just in 2023 in April, he uh, he had a 50-point triple-double. What? <laughs> a 50-point triple-double, man. Wild. And he's 35 now. So random. It's crazy, man. <laughs> that that uh. Jeremy Lin, he can get it. He can get it. And he's only 6'3", too. It's not like the dude's, like, crazy tall or anything. 6'3". Mm-hmm. And that's the nuts part. How how tall do you think his parents are? They're probably, like, five feet tall. Yeah, both <laughs> parents, 5'6". Five, 5'6". Six. Five, six. Five, six, and then he's 6'3", man. That's, that's nuts. But anyways, man, happy birthday to all... The uh, the basketball birthday suit wears, Mike. Apparently, mm-hmm. if you're born on August 23rd, you're going to be a baller. So true. That's, uh, that's, that's what's going to happen, you know? Because we got three uh, pretty pretty good ballers there, man. Pretty good mm-hmm. ballers. So happy birthday to all of them. Mike, we got to wrap it up for the, for the week, but we have got some great shows coming. We have got some fantastic shows. I'm very excited about all of them. Next week, we've got ZZ Ward on the show. Such a good interview, Mike. Uh, we talk about a, a bunch of stuff. We talk about her new uh, new album coming out. She's got a fantastic album coming out. It's a first as an independent artist. She's been on major labels for the last couple of weeks. Or weeks. Last couple of years. And uh, she's got 
uh, just just a lot of things going on. We talk a little bit about her uh, husband, uh, her husband, um, Kid Bogart, Evan Bogart. He uh, he is the son of Neil Bogart, the owner of Casablanca Records, the famous record company from the seventies. They made an awesome movie, Spinning Gold, about his uh, his life. Just so cool. We talk about that a little bit. And we talk about uh, a, a love that we both have, me and ZZ both have, which would be popcorn. Say what? Mm. She loves popcorn, Mike. And we, we chat a little bit about popcorn. So I can't wait uh, for you guys to hear this interview. It's a fantastic one. We've also got some other great artists coming on the show. But for now we got to wrap it up. I have been your host, Doc G. With me, as always, the one, the only, Mikey Maximus, the Ferticus, Charette. Thank you, Doc G. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. Of course. And until next week, zip it up and zip it out. Zip it doo doo